Seven. What number is this, Chip? Seven A. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. Hey, this is Butch Patrick, and you're listening to Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> I like it. Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Save it's uh. Prairie? Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. It can be it can be something like save the you know the the, the thing the, the eagle the wings. Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Got the wings and it's like it's save the Texas Prairie Chicken. I can't think with this bulb hanging over my head. I got it. The Texas Prairie Chicken Companion. Isn't that dumb? And no matter how you say it, or how you spell it, it still comes out Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. And yes, this is not a blast from the past. We are back. That's right. Almost live, even. Yeah, as close to being live as possible, I guess. I'm still waiting for word from my doctor. (laughs) Episode 7, April 2017. Welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast. And we want to thank Butch Patrick for at least being a patron and at least taking a shot at it. Stick around and you're going to hear a story uh, about Butch uh, from me. And then you'll hear more from Butch about, of course, his fabulous turn in that never-to-be-forgotten, wonderful kid vid extravaganza. And I mean, Lidsville. No, no, wait. I mean, the monkeys. He played... Melvin Vandersnoot. In the famous Monkeys Christmas episode. The spoiled young man that had everything but... Love. Sweet love, man. And in the end, baby, love is the power. Love is the ultimate trip. I saw that on a button somewhere, I think. That's a groovy button, man. We should we should do something like that. Love is the ultimate trip. Hmm, that would fit Hi. just right. Hi, everybody. I'm Alan Williams. I'm Al Bigley. We're going completely without nicknames this week due to uh, popular requests. No, we just forgot, I guess. I want to start off by giving a big shout-out to the podfather himself, Ken Mills. Absolutely. The man has the man is gold. The man has been a mentor, a supporter. Mental? No, I didn't say mentor. Oh. I said mentor. You remember like the Billy Bats and in, in the Shazam. So mentor was oh, the... Oh, the, the old man that, yeah. that went around in the private motor West home Tremaine, and, yes. uh, would, would be with the young man and the w- young kids One of the great the radio actors and television actors and movie actors, Les Tremaine, who played the general in the original War of the Worlds, 1950, with Gene Barry. I loved his band of renown, too. Les Tremaine and the band of renown. No, Kimisabi. That's Les Brown and oh. the band of renown. okay. I've been watching Jerry again. Oh, that's where Les Brown is. Oh, Flyman. And this podcast is about the Dave Clark Five, right? Uh, no, it's actually about Chad and Jeremy. Oh, I, where am I? Where's my notes? I never have my notes here. Or is it Ray Davies and the Kinks? Ah, uh, that's a different podcast. Well, at least it's not about Kiss, you know, or things like that. Can you imagine? Whoa, 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 whoa! You, you about to step on the Podfather's foot oh, now? Oh, that's right. You, you remember the Facebook picture of him and the, the guy with a fourteen-foot tongue? Ah, uh, uh, okay. Um. So, it is good to see you again, my friend. It, it seems like it has been 1942 since we've actually done this. Who are you? Yeah, that's what I... I have to check the back on the... the I have to check the initials on the back of the underwear every day. But yes, as always, I am Al... I'm not going to... Alan, I'm not going to do a nickname this time, Williams. And I am Al, going completely without a nickname this time, Bigly. And you know, I heard a joke once where it's somebody in a nursing home, I think, and a visitor comes... Okay. Do you know who we are? It's, no, it's... it's, it's we went to see Mike in the home the other day, and we, and he, we asked him, he said, do you know who we are? And he says, ask the nurse, she'll tell you. Insert hilarious laughter from audience. Isn't that dumb? No, it's been a little while we've had real life get in the way, but nothing can keep us from talking about that wonderful group, that famous 60s 
confabulation. Of course, I'm talking about the Dave Clark Five. I mean, the monkeys. Billy J. Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas. That too. Okay. Jerry and the pacemaker. My doctor said if I don't. Uh, no, never mind. Um, but no, it's great to be back, and uh, we hope everyone has uh, enjoyed the previous podcast. We're still getting good response. They're out there for everyone to enjoy one through six. That's right, and we have something to discuss in a little while. Um, but today, I wanted to let everybody, let's tell everybody what we're going to do this time. So, I've got a quick rant on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again. Um, we're going to discuss justice, and this will be a no-holds-barred cage match between Al and myself, because we have differing opinions on certain aspects of the album. Now, we're going to talk about just us, but not pull it. That's right. We started a, we started a maelstrom, 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 mouse, whatever. Those Marvel Comics words that no one ever really said That's right. Loud. Like Hori hosts of Hogoth. I beg your pardon. Uh-huh. Uh, they have ointments for that now. I think they do. But Al and I, uh, we had no idea that discussing Poolit was going to be so polarizing. It was slightly, uh, uh, it inflamed just slightly uh, the, the Monkees fans and people online. It, it, it begat a tiny bit of uh, interest and uh, I guess you could say controversy. Uh. I, have to, I felt like Davey in the middle of the Hillbilly Honeymoon episode. I also was wearing a, a loose-fitting uh, corn sack, and uh, I had rubbed soot all over my body also. It's strange you mentioned that. But it, it's nice to see the passion out there, and, and a lot of it has to do with the later new I don't want to say newbies, but the, the people who discovered the monkeys 86 and forward. And I call them the, the 86ers. And they're more than welcome to their opinion, you know, but being an original and a second-generation monkey, monkey maniac like you and I are, you know, are we see things a little bit different because we have a bigger body of work to judge from or to, to talk about. So we're going to discuss justice. We have part three, and I know you've been waiting with bated breath for the finale of our interview with Coco. They have mints for that. Yeah, that's right. They have mints for that? Oh, yeah, it's Altoids. Um, or is that Adnoids? I don't know. But <laughs> me, 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 me. We have another great remix. Did you decide what remix we wanted to do next? I have not actually, but you know, even as we broadcast, this is the wonderful, spontaneous nature of these shows. I am going to be thinking about what remix I will include. All right, and I will come at you as the real Don Steele as we always do, because you know, I, this reason I, one of the reasons I do the mix is because I have fun doing the real Don Steele thing, and I have fun putting all kinds of echo effect behind. That's me. right. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to try to keep this under what's the over under Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, under at least under three or four days. That's right. So, but uh, I know you wanted to. I know you want to throw it a huge shout out because we do have an announcement to make about the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast, social media type stuff. Yes. Speaking of that, I want to give a big old, big giant, super giant shout out to Ken Mills, the Podfather himself, for his generosity not just toward us, but to other Monkeys podcast groups and other parts of fandom he has very generously helped and uh, donated his time and his knowledge and his expertise right so that now we have an interactive texas prairie chicken home companion facebook group, facebook page. facebook group yes, yes that's right no longer will you have to go to one of the groups we share the podcast with to issue your comments mm. um it's a brand new page it just went up yesterday and we've already had like 30 or so people uh, thanks to the uh, promotion by Ken and I, I, this guy, this this gentleman, and I hope to be able to shake his hand one day and say thank you because he has the generosity not only to us but Sarah, the people and Melanie, the people that are with the Zilch Podcast, um, the help that they've given, the support that they've given because 
the more pot I mean we don't want to see uh, uh, you know a trillion monkeys podcasts out there but the more podcasts that are out there the more differing opinions that we can express and the fact that Ken took a liking to well I know he took a liking to you he and I haven't had much direct interaction but he has been so amazing with this again not only do we have the like page but we now have the group if you'll search Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion on Facebook you'll see both of them if you are a member of the page and you've liked it already go ahead and uh, just request entry to the group Al and I and Ken are we're approving them as fast as we see them but we'll be able to give you direct links to the podcast you'll be able to post stuff on your own like you do on the Zilch page um, and I'm just excited about it because we're already getting a lot more hits on the podcast number one our, our debut episode is now at like 706 on SoundCloud alone which just blew me away you guys have been amazing um, I saw one person comment uh, the, what we like to hear is it's always a fun podcast because you've got two people who are so reserved so shy so introverted talking about this what do you mean shy introverted who the hell are you I had an introverted navel once and the doctor the, the surgeons just okay there you go again. We're, we're just now back. We're, we're 10 minutes into this, and you're already trying to get us bumped off again. Mm-hmm. No, it's been great. You can come to the page, post your comments, your picks, your pans, your boosts, your knocks, your uh, dirty laundry. Well, no, we don't want dirty laundry, but pictures, whatever. But we're, we are very interested to hear what you'd like more of, what you'd like less of. Absolutely. We, we welcome the feedback, positive or negative, because if we don't, with no negative feedback, we think we're doing things good and we're going to continue to do. You're still going to get the impressions. You're still going to get the silliness. You know, we have fun doing it. That's one of the reasons why we do it, because it gives us a, a nice creative outlet. But if there's something else that you guys want to hear or something that you want to hear less of, we'll be more than happy to take it under advisement. You know, just don't throw bricks at us. We've had a few requests. But we're going to go on podcasting anyway. Dun, 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 dun. Bent. Okay, no, it's really great. We love the new page. It's just going to keep growing and growing. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, Ken has lent so much to our growth and, and, and for so many other people, so many other areas of fandom. And of course, on the page, much like Ken does with Zilch and other Facebook pages like that, we will be alerting to you as to when new episodes go up. You will certainly know... If any new content appears or any special contests or any special anything. Absolutely. Any special specials. You mean like little bits of uh, guys like Eddie Munster saying he listens to the Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion? Eddie Munster? <laughs> you mean Butch Patrick? The Butch Patrick. So we'll, di- we'll discuss that a little bit ne- uh, this time and a little bit next time. But it would uh, a rather interesting encounter, I must say. He was in that famous, never-to-be-forgotten, super colorful show from its time period... That wonderful kid vid extravaganza. Lidsville. Lidsville, no. right. No, that's in Marty Croft. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait. wait. Hmm. He was oh, on the, the Christmas episode. Yeah. That show with the, the monkeys, the guy with the hat, remember? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the little short English guy. Remember that show? I'm standing up. Oh. Yeah, you, he played the character of Melvin Vandersnoot. Who was the young, rich, spoiled youngster who had everything but... Love. Love, baby. Baby. That's where it's at. But you see, that's one of the coolest episodes... And just to briefly touch on it, everybody knows of it, but Ryu Chiu, which was, the, to me, the vocal highlight of all the shows because it proved they could sing a cappella and could sing together. 
And then to show you what the family atmosphere around the show was like at the very end, where they bring everybody on stage, and you get to see, um, you get to see Dean, I mean uh, Gene Ashman, you get to see John Anderson, you get to see Marilyn Schlossberg, you get to see Irving Lippman, who has, who was the cameraman who had ties to Mickey, was the cameraman on Circus Boy. So. It was wonderful. I wish they had a whole episode of just bringing the crew out, and mm-hmm. each person gets like a minute to tell their story. That's right. Oh Lord, didn't well, yeah. Oh, the third but, season, what could have been. <laughs> But uh, we're really excited about the group, and we hope that you will join us. Uh, we will never refuse anybody until they give us reason to kick them out. So You heard it here first. That's right. So um, Now, um, yes. moving on to the content for this week's episode. There's content in these shows? Yes, there's content in these shows. There's madness to the me- – I mean, method to the madness. Mm. So, all right. I know we discussed it in episode two, I think, but – Recent posts, because of the fact that the induction ceremony was was last week or the week before, uh, and thank God for the way that they treated Steve Perry, man. The crowd went nuts. I was even though he couldn't sing, it was amazing that the love that they showed for Steve Perry when he showed up because he's been gone for so long. Okay, now should have jo- been gone. Yeah, he, he should have been gone a long. No, that's another All story. Right. Um, Jody Ritson who you and I both respect. Mm-hmm. She's now in a position to be almost envied because of her connections with Mike and Mickey. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jody is uh, connected with Video Ranch 3D. She's also the, the wonderful person responsible for setting up the meet and greets for Mickey's solo shows. And has organized many of these past recent monkeys conventions, including the one in 2014 that I attended and got to meet all three guys and just had a very... Uh, very good time. And that's the one, that's where the picture came from where you did still more the the you posted. One more. One more of the, the monkeys. monkeys. So, now, we know that Jody is a latecomer, but her passion is, is rivals that of mine, being a first generation. Now, she was watching the induction ceremonies and came out and said that she is, for lack of a better term, GD determined to get the guys into the Hall of Fame. And, of course, that brings up the hashtag induct the monkeys. So, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Uh, she was what? Determined. I'm going to put my little beep in there just so it sounds even more yeah, I know. hardcore. <laughs> what is this, a Mick Foley podcast all of a sudden? Okay. so You know what's really bad? What's bad? You can't say on Mick, television. You can't say Mick Foley on television anymore? You can't say on oh, television. Bleep. Okay, you can't say. Uh, okay. I see you moving uh, your lips, but I just De- hear Devil this and beeping. Peter Tork. I'm sorry. This, I Devil and Peter Torker. Cuckoo it, bird so. when you move your lips. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll hush. So, I'll go back to my little corner. That's all right. So being a first-generation fan... I felt the need to post on it, and nothing makes me happier than to see the enthusiasm for the the push to get the guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But again, I remind you this, and, and I use the and I use the comparison to Don Quixote. This is a battle we will never win, guys. And I'm not trying to be negative about this. I would love to see. I mean, they've got the walk, star on the Walk of Fame. But until, as long as Jan Winter, the former publisher and owner of Rolling Stone magazine, this is his personal little club. He owns the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He doesn't just, he owns the whole thing, lock, stock, and barrel. As long as Jan Winter's alive, the monkeys will never see the inside of the Hall of Fame. The vitriol between this man and, the, and our guys is so straight, so strong as I said to you and I said in the post, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a writer in his will that even after he dies, the monkeys will never be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is sad because of the fact he hates the fact that 
Yes, they were a television show, but like Pinocchio, they became a real band. They've been performing for 50 freaking years together and solo. He's just pissed because they didn't get one guy. They didn't all come together and live in a van down by the river. Five years of five, struggling and yeah. shedding. And, 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 you know, replacing Pete Best with Ringo Starr, replacing Stu Sutcliffe, that kind of thing. And the fact that they used television to circumvent the radio process. He's so angry with that because of the manufactured part of it that they will never see the inside of the Hall of Fame, no matter how loud we scream, no matter... And the, the, the guy from Pearl Jam wearing the shirt, you think that's going to get his attention? No. Hell no. The, as much as I love you guys for wanting to push, even the guys themselves don't care about the Hall of Fame anymore. Dave, they, somebody posted one of Davey's interviews with Bill O'Reilly, who said he doesn't care. Mickey said he doesn't care. Mike is totally ambivalent about it. So is Peter. I love the spirit. That shows what kind of strong fan base we are. But guys, we will never, ever get him into the Hall of Fame as long as Jan Winter owns it. So you can hashtag induct the monkeys all you want and more power to you for doing that because every time you do it, it shows the love. But this is a battle we cannot win, period. Well, here is something from my side of this argument is I've always said I don't care. Um, I think this also talks about our age. You and I never thought we'd see a time when Rolling Stone magazine would give the monkeys props. True, but it's different now. Jan Winter has nothing to do with the magazine anymore. But listen to me. They've gotten props we never thought we'd see. Critical attention we never thought we'd see. Oh, they loved good times. And it didn't matter to me growing up back when they didn't get critical attention. I knew I loved them. Mm -hmm. But my point is, to me, I guess to you and I, that's enough. To, to, To see the day when respected rock journalists and, and rock, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, criticism People, comes people in the way. business. I mean, look right. at the guys who, who clamored, who begged for the chance to write songs for good times. So I guess what I'm saying is because we got that gift, someone of our age, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't mean much to me. I keep, And no. here's another weird thing. I always say it just means more junk they can sell in the gift shop. And then I saw somebody posted on one of the Facebook monkeys groups. They're already selling monkeys crap in the gift shop. So it doesn't even mean that. Yeah. So, I'm not, and again, like you, I'm not trying to discourage anyone that sees this as a battle that they've got to fight. Um, because I, you know, again, with the monkeys, what do I always say? What's my motto? Never, never say, say never. never. You and I never thought we'd see any of them together again, let alone True. three of them, let alone two of them, let anything. Even the four of them in 96. Forget it. So, so you know, just when people say, this must be it, it's 89, that they're done. Mm-hmm. Never say never. It's 1992, they're done. Never say never. Yep. You know, Davey dies. Never say never. That's right. There won't be a new album. Never, never say, say never. never. Rolling Stone will never give him critical praise. Never, never say, say never. never. So, but I'm with you. I just don't care. I just, uh, I did like. I do like it when they're mentioned in the same breath, like with that recent shirt incident. They yeah. mentioned them along with these other. And a guy from Pearl Jam wearing right, that. Sure. Yeah, so, and, and it's just like critical acclaim um, with Weezer, we, mm-hmm. you know, Rivers Cuomo, um, Noel Gallagher, Peter Weller, uh, you know. Andy Partridge, all these guys that are names in the business, love the guys, mm-hmm. love the music. Okay, enough Very of that. Right. I'm done all with right. That. So okay, let's uh, now. Take a, oh, oh no. Uh, well, I mean, I got one more thing to discuss. If in case you haven't seen it yet, yes. Um, Mickey's been doing the solo tours. He's mm-hmm. been doing so. Mm-hmm. So they just recently announced that the uh, Fifty Summers of Love tour mm-hmm. will be starting, and it's Mickey and Mark Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is one hell of a performance. Yes. 
I mean, you've got two of the signature voices of the 60s. Mm-hmm. You've got Mark Lindsay, arguably one of the most powerful voices in the, in the business during that time. You've got Mickey, who's, they're both iconic. Here's what I'm hoping will happen. That they will do, each do their solo gig. They'll each do their solo stuff. Then they will come out together for the encore and sing Kicks and I'm Not Your Stepping Stone together. Well, I don't know why you're saying that because... Because Paul Revere and the Raiders were the original recording group for both Kicks and Stepping Stone. Right. Here's what I was thinking you were saying that you wanted to see when the two performed together. Uh, 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 Mark Lindsay would come out with his trademark ponytail and he could cut it off on stage, give it to Mickey so Mickey could perform circa 1992. Oh, so he could, so he could use the so he could use the ponytail to cover the bald spot. No, no remember oh. Mickey had the ponytail That's right. for long after That's most people stopped having ponytails. Well, uh, but I, I got news for you, Al. Yes. There's something called a weave. A weave. He can get it and put it in the back of his head, and he's got the ponytail again. But that's oh, it. I don't think Mark. Well, I really don't think Mark Lindsay has the ponytail anymore. I, I, I haven't seen him. I was just playing yeah. because he's famous for his ponytail, and for a while, Mickey infamously had his ponytail. That's right, in the and that's why I had mine in '96. Because oh. you remember that, right? Because I had it down. I, I wore. I was a decade late for the mullet, but I had the mullet and I had the ponytail back down to about here. But here's the one thing, just to sidebar about Paul River and the Raiders. Write to me privately, listeners, if you want to see uh, pictures. I have several pictures yeah. of stashed away. You do? Good, I'm glad, because I haven't seen them in years. Same with your, your mullet. No. Same with your ponytail. <laughs> Not the ponytail, man. Sidebar with Paul River and the Raiders. If you've ever seen them, if you've ever seen film with them perform, I don't understand how they were able, Keith Allison and them were able to play the guitar, because they're always jumping up and down, and he's like, yeah. Like they're marching, like they're marching while they're playing, they're right. doing a high-step marching. I said, Paul, what in the blue hell are you thinking? But think of this. Think of all the high school and college bands that can play while they march and march and march out in the hot sun. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is you're playing an electric guitar while you're jumping up and down. Kicks just keep getting... And I'm going, right. really? But yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I haven't seen any dates close to Charlotte yet. Yes. But that's one I would actually go to see because Mark is an incredible performer. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's... I rank him up above Gary Puckett as a powerful voice and Felix Cavallari but he his was you know the, one of the strongest voice. and think of the songs you're going to hear not only are you going to hear all of our favorite hits but you're going to hear like Kicks uh, Just Like Me uh, Hungry Good Thing I'm sure he'll do Indian, Indian Reservation right. even though he didn't sing lead on that the latest and then uh, his uh, Arizona right which is a forgotten hit yes tons of uh, wonderful songs there so uh, the 50 Summers of Love tour Keep an eye out for it. Watch the Facebook page because I know Jody will be promoting it. I know Mickey will be promoting it. So, okay. I'm done, with, I'm done with my rants. So You're done with your pontificating? I'm done pontificating. I'm, I forgot I'm, what I needed to rant about. I, I'm, my mind is now a blank again. No, because we were ready to, ready to, to lower the cage and ring the bell. <laughs> and, of course, right here, sound effects will be inserted. Mm-hmm. Boxing and wrestling sound effects. All right. The kid gloves are off. Now we're going to discuss... All right, Ric Flair. Last time, of course, we discussed somewhat infamously now the 1987 album Pull It. What you gonna do when the monkeys get into the pool, brother? What you gonna do, brother? Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. We're going to now discuss... We're going to move the needle a little bit ahead to about a decade later. 1996. It's the 30th anniversary of the monkeys. Things have been quiet for a while. And seemingly out of the blue, we're told back then, thanks to Monkey Business Fanzine and the amazing Maggie McManus. We miss you, Maggie, wherever you are. You know where to find us, Maggie, if you ever want to speak up, if you want to tell your side of the story. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but seriously, in 1996, seemingly out of the blue, we hear Mike is rejoining them. And not only is Mike rejoining them, he's headlining and masterminding an all-new album called Justice. That's our justice. It's all a court. Just us. Now, this was an amazing time um, to circumvent talking about the album itself. This album was supposed to represent all four of them back together, and the original plan was to tour the UK, if I'm right. They did. And then come over here. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss that in a minute. Yeah, I got a few choice words for the British Okay, press. so we'll get to that. Um, but, of course, what happened was Mike sort of took his ball and went home, as he is wont to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us fans were crushed. I, I'm someone that can say I've never seen all four together. I never will. No. Nope. Um, I'm not bitter. Okay. Um, Easy does it, Palomine. But still, we got a TV special out of it, which, oh, that's a whole different podcast. That's a, Yeah, that we'll, we'll save that one for another podcast, yes. The Lizard Sunning Himself on a Rock, I think it was called. Yes. I would have rather watched 60 Minutes of a Lizard... No, no, that's not that. I no. Think, I don't think Has it its is. moments. Yeah, there's that time when that lizard turns over and he flips his tail. Oh, you mean the monkeys. Yeah, okay. I'm, I mean the, the, the other part of the TV show that actually has our four heroes in it. And if I recall, the guys... Uh, once again, without Mike, did tour, and that they was did. a very well-received tour. That is, where, that is where you and I saw them together for the first time in 96. That's where we yes. That's where we met the guys at the media play that is no longer defun- that is no longer in business. Got our autographs. Footage of that is online if you look under the Big Glee archives on YouTube. That's B-I-G-G-L-E-E. But, of course, on our, our Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion page, I will... Be certain to include a link. That's right. Within. But, I mean, and that's where you gave Mickey the Blackhawk comics. I gave him the videotape of the movie his father did, right. and the rest is hysterical. Right. Hysterectomy. Hysterectomy. But with justice, this yeah, because they would always say, people. Uh, this is where they would always incorporate Mickey Wine. People ask where Mike Nez is. Well, he hates touring, so get over it. So he's actually in L.A. mixing our new album. Absolutely, and who knows, writing our new writing our new movie that they never did. And is that where we first that and outside of Monkey Business fanzine was where we heard like, oh, he's not making a joke. They really are putting together a new album. Yeah, one of the big exciting elements of this album was this wasn't going to be pull it again. This was not going to be that was then. This is now. This was headquarters. This was supposed to be headquarters 2.0. Right. And again, for a group that was seen as a plastic manufactured band that couldn't play their own instruments, once again they're back writing the material, seeing the material, producing the material, playing the material. Mickey, I heard, even uh, swept up when they, they closed down shop at the end of each. No, I'm kidding. That's right. But see, here's the difference between Headquarters and Justice. Whereas Headquarters, they had Chip Douglas, they had John London, they had Vince Sikora and the. Uh, French horn player, I can't. French, French, French horn player, I can't. The occasional that. French horn player, and yeah, and used voice and heart songs. This was all seriously just them. They wrote all the songs, even though Circle Sky was a retread. Mm-hmm. But Mickey wrote, David wrote, Peter wrote, Mike wrote too. But that's an, we'll get to we'll get we'll get to Nez's two contributions of that in just a little while. But. Um, this was basically them. The four of them went in, and as David always said, it was the first 12 tracks they cut. That was the CD. And one of the reasons uh, I, I think I like this so much, too, is it's not just my guys doing their thing, and it sounds like music I, I would like anyway, 
but it was a very brave thing to do. And again, it didn't it didn't feel like something pushed by the record company. Again, Rhino backed this, and it felt organic, and it felt like well, it came well actually. Let's back up a little bit. It came out of Peter, Davey, and Mickey appearing on an episode of Boy Meets World, which mm-hmm. was recently discussed on one of the Facebook yes. pages, probably Zilch. Mm-hmm. And Mike was there. Why was Mike invited? Because Rhino was presenting the then-new video mm-hmm. VHS sets mm-hmm. of the, the episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from there... They got together. They talked about it and said, you know, and as Mickey has said in the, Just, in the Heart and Soul video... Or, or no, it's not Heart and Soul, but the Justice video that was available, that was made available. Right behind the scenes. We just wanted to see what it was like to get together and fire up this configuration of the monkeys and see if there was actually still some kind of spark left. Right. And absolutely, I mean, one of the things I, uh, the instrumentation and the playing is so much better on Justice than Headquarters. But it's thirty years later. It's thirty years later, but. The thing of it is, this is Mickey's best drumming. I mean, I don't know how long he rehearsed before they dove into the recording, but this is that that era right there is the best drumming we'll hear from Mickey uh, ever. Even right now, I mean, even now he's still playing, but this was when he he put everything into it. And here's Alan with a firmer look at the timeline. Of this amazing album. Thank you, Walter. Uh, here's basically what happened. They met to be given the copy, their their own copies the of the, v- the box sets of the VHS. They got together, decided, you know, Rhino said, well, why don't you guys do an album? We'll be we'll back if you want to do an album. So they got together to see if the configuration of that configuration of the monkeys would work. And by gosh, there was still some magic there. So they went into the studio. Mike produced it. And this was... This is the this is the monkeys as I picture them to be. Right. Um, they recorded the album. They did the Hard Rock Cafe show, which was a great show to promote it. The Billboard show. The bill uh, the, the Billboard. Call, I'm sorry, Hard Rock Cafe, but the Billboard. So and then they went to the UK. We'll get to that in a minute. Right. But that's the timeline, and here's where I have. Yeah, if I get off on a tangent, just yank me back. Do I ever really? Yes. Um, a lot of the, the the posts recently that are talking about, and as a matter of fact, I think Jody started this, Poolwit versus Justice. I understand the reasoning why the newer fans like Poolwit, but let me let me do some explaining about Justice real quick. Okay. Okay. The idea behind Justice was to go back to the headquarters. Days, Headquarters was, for all intents and purposes, a garage band album. And that, I think, is where... I think people were expecting to... Uh, some of the newer fans were expecting a more slickly produced album like Poolit because you had all that. But that wasn't what they were shooting for. They wanted to get down to the... They basically just wanted to get down to the nitty-gritty, just the four of them. And that's how they sound. Right. They are a garage band, period. And what you're hearing on the album is the monkeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any plainer than that. Those four real-life guys. I think on Poolit, I think Peter was the only one involved musically where he played some guitar. Everything else was the first two album theory. Just plug them in. Just plug them in. Just let them do the vocals. They had the backing, and they had they had much more 
much more modern recording techniques for 87. Sure. State of the art for 87. But, guys, if you're looking for that, that's not what justice is about. Justice is about the monkeys being true to their own selves, which is four guys in a garage band, in the garage, playing. I mean, you look at some of the – that, that's how it was with a lot of the 60s one-hit sure. wonder groups. Sure, But I think you guys are trying to take justice too seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's it was not intended to be a slick, state-of-the-art Nile Rodgers or Jimmy A. Iovine produ- production. It was them recording, and it's like getting back to the to the Mickey MGM stuff. Mm-hmm. It was recorded. In, it was recorded in a studio. They were just there. It was just the four of them. That's mm-hmm. what they are. They're a garage band at heart. And again, what I like is this was not the result of the label going, "Hey guys, look at the calendar." Got to have product for next year. It's, it's so organic. Listen, guys, we're going to bring you out some, some. We're going to bring you some demos from New York. We want you to listen to these. We want you to record them. There's this amazing tune out there called Sugar Sugar. I want you to record or Mashugana Mashugana. I want you to record. a million seller. Mike Nesmith thought uh-huh. he knew what it was. What I, I'm a believer. Sold 10 million copies. He said it was junk. What does Mike Nesmith know? Where is he now? Okay. <laughs> Mike Nesmith is a multi-millionaire, yeah. Mr. Kushner. Yeah. So. But but no, that that's the point. Yeah, I mean that's the difference to me. Ju- uh, Poolit was more of a Kirshnerized, right. the Kirshnerized version of the guys because all they did was plug in the vocals. Justice is headquarters, only better. And like you and I said, there are things we like on Poolit. It just was mm-hmm. so '80s saccharine. It was. So it was. Pre-tuned. I've told you. I mean, I've told you. I liked moving in with Rico. Well, what, Count, what? Counting on you and counting on you and um, you liked it. Yeah, that's a cute Ooh. song. Uh, counting Do on you. I know you. you. Yeah, <laughs> counting on you is the worst song to me in that. Uh, it's it, it, uh, it, it, so, but I mean, it's catchy. It's a catchy reggae type tune, right? But I mean, yeah. But you've got getting in. Peter's two contributions are, are fantastic. Yeah, getting wonderful. in and uh, since you went away, since you went away is my favorite Peter Tork song. Period. And what they chose for singles, I like especially Heart and Soul, Heart and Soul, and every step, every of the step way. of the way, absolutely. I remember running to the local record stores for you, those out there, for those of you that remember record stores, and getting not just those singles, but they came out in pink and picture discs. Yeah, and, I mean Heart and Soul, Heart and Soul, MGBT. The first time I heard MGBGT mm-hmm. off of that. My local record store had signs up going in, homemade signs. Yes, mm-hmm. here's the new Monkeys singles, 1987. Yeah. You know, don't bug so, us. It's in this aisle right in this bin. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, to discuss, to go over the track list. Here we go. Now, but you see, now, if you look at all the Mickey songs, you look at Never Enough, you look at um, Unlucky Star, you look at Dying of a Broken Heart. He was going through a very traumatic time. Those songs were written when he was divorcing Trina before he met Donna. Yes. So he was at a very low point. Those songs are personal and powerful. I mean, Dying of a Broken Heart is is a great song. Um, Regional Girl. Love it. Don't get me started with it. I would love to grab Harold John- Bronson by the throat and say, what in the hell were you thinking? That is a top ten rock pop song. Yep. You didn't do anything about it. And it's like, if you look at it, the only, the only song that I have a problem with is one you like is Admiral Mike. Yeah, I mean that's typical of a Nez song of that time. Right. But I mean, Regional Girls a great song. Everything on there. Oh, what a night! You and I. The the stuff that Davey. It, it's great. Um, it's my life. It, it's it's a beautiful, poignant song. It's not too late. Gospel tinge. That could be flip side. Or single itself. 
it's, it's not, not too, too late. late. Yeah, I would say that would be the best date. Well, no, you and I was you and I and oh, what a night with the best Davy songs on. And here is something they don't talk about with the monkeys. Don't hear this a lot. The harmonies mm-hmm. of the four on on it's not too late. Yeah, oh, are very amazing. You don't hear the monkeys spoken of as far as harmonies. And, the bass line on you and I is one of Peter's best mm-hmm. work pieces of work. Now, looking at the track list, look how much Mickey dominates. That. Yeah. It's at least half. Mm-hmm. And and strangely, Mike, of course, just contributes with... Circle Sky. The Circle Sky return. Well, I always thought that sounded like Kiss doing Circle Sky. With the, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that was... That, yeah, that was a heavy metal. Oh. But, but, you know, Mike rewrote the lyrics because Circle Sky was originally an anti-war tune. Right. So, but if you look at it, Unlucky Stars is a 50s-type pro yep. song. Yep. Oh, uh... The, we, we've talked about Davey we, you and I have had private conversations about what I thought they should have done for good times as far as Davey yeah. stuff Davey's off the record uh, just, uh, uh, just for the record, just for the record yes. volume 4 has an acoustic version of you and I right. has a nice version of Oh What a Night and then it has two other songs that I really thought they should have just you know, brought in and sweetened rather than um, Love to Love but right. that's another story from the right. podcast but there's not the only clunker for me in that entire is is, is Admiral Mike. Yeah, I believe you is uh, I believe you and Run Away from Life are two David Bowieists. Uh, David Peter, Bowieist. Peter songs. told me that when I saw him in Louisville mm-hmm. uh, for one of his late '90s solo excursions. Sometimes with James Lee Stanley, but he was in a Cracker Barrel, and then we got talking, yeah. waiting in line. And he Absolutely. said that was supposed to be David's Bowieesque. Yeah, and it was a great. It's a great vocal. It really is. This, all, all twelve of these songs, and I'll give Admiral Mike. It, it, it's biting, yes. And it, it, you know, the topic about it is commercialism, and you know, it, it's you're selling ads, you slimy toad. toad. Yeah, I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the lot. first time I heard Mickey sing that, well, you slimy, slimy toad. But I love the album. I, 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 I chastise and literally berate Rhino for the lack of promotional effort. Harold, I don't know if the guys didn't want to promote it or Rhino didn't have the budget to do it, but Harold dropped the ball huge on this album. Bigly. This, he did, Bigly, yes. Thank you, thank you. I promise you this. I promise you that was a well-used form of Bigly. Yeah. Thank you there. I, I'm going to bomb Rhino headquarters by tomorrow. The MOA, we'll drop the MOA beyond right on Harold Bronson's place tonight. The MBF, Monkey Business Fanzine? No, MOAB, Mother of All Bombs. That too. We're gonna do it the one that's $300,000. Chump change to me. That's, I, I don't even blink. But Regional Girl was, for me, far and above the best sing- the best pop commercial single off that whole album. And it could have been back with It's Not Too Late. And then you could have gone out with Oh, What a Night and You and I. Yep. There's a lot. There's, there's barely anything to dislike on this. Now, I tend to skip some of the slower ballads, but again, um, It's Not Too Late is amazing. Mm-hmm. I Believe You, which is, has its own. It's a jam. Yeah, yeah, it's you a remember, jazzy jam. You remember, Nez, uh, somebody reviewed it in Goldmine right. when it came out, called that tune a jazz type tone. Sure. Type. And, it, and it, if you listen to it and know the technique of jazz, that's what it sounds like. And he, he, he was. I don't know what. I don't know who put the burr under his saddle, but he said it is not jazz, point blank. Mm. <clears throat> and getting in is not a dance song, so it's like, <laughs> you know. but it's just, it's a great album. I, I fault Rhino and I blame Rhino for its lack of commercial success. Totally. 
Well, it's funny, you know, the thing comes out, I rush to my local media play. Once again, that was like a, a store back in the day. It's a It had all kinds of things. It had those videos and the DVDs and D... Books? WDs, or DW Washburns, all that stuff. No, um, and of course you could, there it was, ready for sale. And of course back then I was calling my local, not my local DJ, but a local talk show host, John Hancock. Who just happened, uh, for those of you, WBT, the celebrating its 90th year. 95th not, year. Not, not Hancock, not, the radio no. station. But uh, it's a radio. It, it's the radio station that I worked at. It's the radio station I grew up listening to, fifty thousand watt AM station. And um, it goes back so far. Nineteen twenty-two. They go back to the days when they were just giving three call letters. That's why it's WBT. It's the second oldest commercial licensed uh, radio station in the country. So uh, John Hancock is um, one of the talk shows. He's been there for twenty-five years, and was just elected into, or just nominated and brought into the WBT Hall of Fame. So that's sidebar. But I actually called him. I would. This makes you feel old too, kids. I'd fax him mm-hmm. with a note saying, "This new album is out. How about you promote it?" Because he would do. He would, you know. Well, John. Was, John was a, John was an, uh, an ex morning show guy who got converted into talk show. He was a rock and roller. But his show, is. you could talk about anything. Yes, yeah. it was supposed to be current events and politics, but you know, you get him off on a subject, and we would talk about the monkeys because he goes back to being an original '60s guy who did care what Rolling Stone said. So he mm-hmm. even admitted to me. Even if I found that stuff interesting, I could not be seen listening to it. Where people are like, you know, I don't care what people think about. They were much rather they, they, they. He'd rather be he he would much rather be listening to Sergeant Pepper with bamboo under his fingernails right. than be caught dead listening to headquarters. But it was funny. I would fax him the uh, the album cover and just say, "This is out," and just anything. And also, you know, any promotion he could give, but he didn't. But also, the local Bob and Sherry, which was the morning, you know, mm-hmm. sunny one hundred seven point you know, nine. Um, catered to the catered to the female middle demo. of the road, yeah. Um, Although Sherry was a big Davy fan, I actually met her at Davy's '96 appearance in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they played this album track for track to just laugh at it, going, "It's the Monkees." That was all. That was only. That yeah. was the only thing. That was the only punchline. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare the Monkees, who should be in this box over here? But again, do this. They're the one. They they interview them when they're out on tour oh, for sure. the 30th anniversary. And they love oh, yeah. them, and they've had Davey right. on, and oh, I've yeah. got that on record here. We can maybe share that in a future podcast. But I remember them playing the opening strains of uh, "It's Not Too Late," mm-hmm. and I can't remember what they said that was a ripoff of. But I'm thinking, well, that's also the opening chords to listen to the band played mm-hmm. slow, the same progression, or oh, the way Mike plays it in 33 and a third. Yeah. Yeah, but well, just like I thought that you know, if you li- moving up to good times, if you listen, I'm told I had a good time. That's the that's the beginning of Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> well, sort of, but I think it's not too late. Is the exact, but that's not the same exact uh, chord progression. But I can see how that is similar. Mm-hmm. But it's a shame that that was still the public's perception. I guess still is, especially for people of a certain age. Yeah. But I remember that was their only joke was not is it a good or bad song? It's, it's these the old yeah, it's these old guys. I don't think they knew they were playing yeah. their own instruments. For them, it filled up a segment. Oh, sure. But, I mean, then, uh, it, do you want to adjust your uh, accoutrements there with the microphone? I saw the, I saw the microphone fall apart there. Uh, I think I'm fine. I, okay. uh, everything seems to no, be... No, no, I meant... There you go. Yeah, see. Everything seems to be fine. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted to, to twist the I'm mic back. I'm falling apart. The microphone is uh, fine. But, um, all right, so they get the album done. And then they perform at the Hollywood uh, the, uh, Billboard, Billboard Club, Club yeah. Billboard Club, 
which is which to me is must see viewing it's amazing show. because it's, it's the it's show. the only time you it's the last time you ever see the four of them perform, perform together in the u.s and aren't there celebrities in the audience such there as there are um dances with wolves kevin costner kevin costner okay is billy bob there I think Billy Bob Thornton may have been there. Because I was in a, a show that they did in Atlanta years later, and Billy Bob was there. Mm-hmm. But it's Billy great. Bob. I mean, it's just the four of them. Billy Bob. Um, and they play all the, They play a lot of the songs from Justice, uh, including Admiral Mike. And Stepping Stone. A killer Stepping Stone. And then a, 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 a new updated arrangement of Pleasant Valley Sunday to close the show. But they did Run Away From Life, and it was, it was a great, very strong performance. So... Then they pack up and go to the UK for the first leg of the tour. Here's where it gets good, kids. I don't know what in the blue hell the British press has been smoking since 1967, but they need to put the crack pipe down. Now, here's here's the dichotomy. Here is the 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 uh, the, the strange thing about it. They crucified them in 67 when they went over there because of the manufactured side of it and that's where it actually kind of quote broke that they were that they didn't play their own instruments mickey waking up from a drunken stupor saying oh, i guess i'm an old hollywood fake and then boom it's all over the all over the british tabloids like mike said it's like hey you know marcus welby really doesn't uh, perform operations yeah. in the back room you know you know but there's no genie there's no mm-hmm. mr spock yeah that's right all right so then fast forward to 77 rio comes out the British press is all over, so far up Michael's in praise and adoration. You, you, they could have told you could find out what he had for breakfast. Oh boy! So then we fast forward twenty years to '96. Justice comes out, and the British press rips them a new one again. I don't know what the problem is, but I understand it was a combination of that and. One of the things I read somewhere is that the four of them really weren't getting along. I don't know if Davy was still in his little world there. I think you're correct. So Davy, Davy was being the, uh, the cock of the walk, so to speak. Still, still the ego. So which he had a right to because he always saw Mike as look. Since '86, this has been sort of my show, and we have learned to function and live as this three-piece unit. And now you're you welcome wanted, to come out, right? You, you, but you come in. And all the attention's on you, and that's fine, but so you can yeah. see why yeah. he'd have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, but it was it was just a combination of them not getting along as well as they thought they would. And then the British press and Mike just said, I'm out of here. As it, I don't know that he actually flipped the bird as Jimmy did in 68 or put his fist to the wall and just, I'm out of here. So that's why they consistently had the same line, Mike hates Turing, so get over it. But... For those of you who, have, uh, if you have never seen the 97 tour or the 96 tour on YouTube, it is wonderful. Very good. It is, uh, especially the early shows, because as it went along, it tended to be more like the 69 shows where Mike really wouldn't do. You know, Mike would, it would start out where they would do the solo segments. Mike would do Rio first. And then it would, there would be a, a long introduction at the very end, at the very beginning of the shows. Then toward the last few shows, it was really quick. How I ended up, and then boom. Right. So, but you could see it kind of fall apart. But the music, they played a lot of headquarters. They played stuff from Justice, which I'm still not happy that even on the last couple of tours, they have ne- they have not really performed anything 
from Justice since the UK tour. And you talk about the Billboard Live show. To me, what made that so wonderful and what made Justice so wonderful is this is the sound I want. And it just happens to be the authentic sound because it's just them. Yeah. So pre-Justice, post-Justice, all this Vegasy kind of arrangement and all these horns. Now, the recent shows have not been bad. But this whole idea, like, we've got to pop it up and put horns in it and just make it a Vegas review, when I know, because I can point right to it, guys, this is what you should sound like, and you can sound like that. Now, we're talking many years later, and we're talking about older men who maybe can't get out there and drum like that and crank it out like that on the guitar. But it's like, this is all I ever wanted. Yeah. Was, look, right here, you don't need horns on Valerie. It's a rock and roll song. Mary Mary is not meant to have horns and... People jumping up and down and dancing. This is here. It is right yeah. here. Well, I think uh, just just a sidebar about eighty six, eighty seven. I think that's they were seeing the arena shows, right? And they were seeing that their pyro, their this, that, and the other. You got to get more than and, just four guys. Yeah, plunking you, you, away. You couldn't just. And Mickey was not in any position, any condition to be drumming the whole night. So you had to have some sort of a backup band. And that's what, I mean, they went the Earth, Wind, and Fire Chicago route because both of those bands have great horn sections. The Blues the, the Blues Brothers had the horn section, remember. But a lot of this was music that was already horn-heavy to begin with. True. You know, why we need it on Valerie, I'm not quite sure. And, you know, uh, your but, auntie I mean, Griselda. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, that's that's just, to me, the, the, the 96 UK tours, if you watch them, that is... All, that's all you and I, like you said, that's all you and I ever wanted. Right. You know, they've got the backup band. They've they've got the backup band, and it's a Viva, and then they've got you know, a couple extra keyboards and another drummer. And Sandy Gennaro, I think, is playing drums. But that's it. Right. I mean, it was the slim down. It wasn't, you know, a Viva was the only horn player, I think, or they might have had one other trumpet or something like that. Well, for a while, they had that section. It may have been the 90s. They had that section of, like, three guys that... If they weren't playing the horns, they were dancing. Yeah, that was yeah. that was, but no, that was that was eighty six, eighty seven, ninety six. They didn't really have that. I want to think it, it was more been, recent. It could have been some of the tours that did the the shows that Davy and Mickey did together, but I'm not sure. These were shows I'd seen. I hadn't okay. seen any of those solo shows. All but right. Again, and I know there's that feeling like, well, isn't that more for your money? We got people dancing, and we got this and that. Now no. I think they've hit on a good middle ground here yes the, the, the two guys aren't enough they're supported by a great backing band some from previous tours some from Davies solo tours and again I love the addition of Coco absolutely not just a, a background voice way back there but a supportive voice that's way up in the mix so to speak and, and then who can come out and sing you know who comes out belt it out yourself. support those vocals but yeah but see getting back to the CD I like this CD an awful lot I really do those of you who are discounting Justice as an inferior follow-up to Pulit, I don't think you're seeing. I don't think you're seeing the true, the true essence of Justice and the true spirit in which it was recorded. If you if you make it if you if you turn out to be Headquarters Two, then you won't be disappointed. You'll you'll understand it. That's the mentality I think you have to you have to take when you listen to Justice. But. I'm still for the life of me. I still want Harold Bronson's head on a platter. He screwed. I mean, he screwed the guys to me worse than MTV did. Wow. Because that album could have been a top ten. Regional Girl could have been a top ten. True. And they didn't do anything. Now again, 
we have no way of knowing whether it was you know Mike and them the guy's decision they didn't want any they didn't want to do a single could be they didn't want to do a lot of promotion or Rhino just didn't have the budget to do it that it should have been well let's close this on this uh, friendly middle of the road note can we agree to say they're just two different albums you can like both you can like just one you can hate both you know let's just say it's different flavors coming from the same factory it is yeah I mean it's like left twix and right twix but again if you look at it (laughs) if you look at it from the context that Pulit is more like the first two albums Justice is more like Headquarters right they both have their merits. They're both done to the best of their ability at that time. You know, it's right. apples and oranges. People are going to like what they like. People have different opinions and different, like different styles. I just happen to like both of them, and I just I just think Justice is, is being undervalued and poo-pooed by the people who expected it to be like Poolit. Right, or like even the stuff from the then and now mm-hmm. Greatest hits, yeah. the three new songs, then which yeah. are much more like what we heard on Pull It, but still. Yeah. So, I, I now obviously I love this far more than Pull It. If I had a, if you had to make me pick one, it's Justice. Oh, time. I agree. Yeah. Justice is one, Pull It is two, but doesn't mean that I don't like Pull It. Right. I mean, I like Pull It better than Birds and the Bees. I what? Like, yeah, I like I like Pull It better than Head. You, you Wait might, a minute, the the album head. Okay. No, I wasn't going to go there. I was going right. to say... Uh, I just had to stop. Just you mean me. you'd rather hear Moving in with Rico over We Were Made for Each Other, the classic? I'd rather hear Moving Rico than... I'd rather hear She's Moving in Rico than Writing Wrongs. That's for damn oh, sure. Oh, I like Writing Wrongs. Now, you would. I used to make mixtapes where I'd cut out the middle section, so it would just a very no. short song, but... Uh, no, there's only about three or four songs on Birds and the Bees that I have an interest in. Uh, I'd yeah. much rather listen to Midnight, Moving in with Rico. Like, say, if you take Counting on You out... It's a very, li- it's an easily listenable two album. Okay, very good. And I still say "Getting In" should have been a dance release. It's all we can agree on that. That was right. the, uh, that's the mover from the album. And that's the, and, the, and that's the way it is. Saturday, April fifteenth, two thousand seventeen. Hi again, everybody. Ninety-six KHJ of the Real Don Seal here in the Al Bigley dressing room. It's time for that boss sound of the boss remix of the boss, Al Bigley, that my boss told me to play. So tell us, Al Bigley, what kind of remix have you got for us this time? 96 KHJ, the real Don Steele. Can you at least wait till I'm dressed? <laughs> Today's remix is one I did a few years ago, and I'm very proud of. It is a remix of Oh My My from that other controversial and sometimes much hated monkeys release, Changes. Well, yeah, we, we can discuss that one another time. That's a whole other podcast. We got enough podcasts. We, we, we got albums to do, but we're going to be 110 when we're done. One of the coolest things that of all the tapes that you've made me of all the shows that you have, there's a Cincinnati. There's one in Cincinnati from I want to say 88 or 89. Yes, that they actually did that, and they also did it in the late 90s. I saw yep. them in Myrtle Beach do it. Good night, Myrtle Beach. We love you. Yes. I got a date, Mickey. We still Wait. got 17 songs to do. I got a date. Hardest working man in South Carolina. Hardest working man in North Carolina. Hardest working man in the universe. Yeah. So. No, they did it live, and uh, it's a wonderful song. It's a different sound for the guys because it's very soul, mm-hmm. R&B, would yes. you say? One of the highlights from Changes, and like Pool, it Changes does have some highlights. Well, yeah. yeah well, that and my favorite track, I-, I love Oh My My. I right. like I Love You Better. But my favorite track is Midnight Train. That's a good one, that too. That is... That when you if you listen to the demo, I love the guitar work in it. That's why. 
but I, I wish Mickey would have done the original vocals for that. Well, I kick your head from here to hell. Better know I can do it well. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to talk about this just a little bit. I um, I took the original song, and what influenced me was there was a fellow on fa- on YouTube that did a bass cover of Oh My My, and what he does, he plays along to the album, so it's completely synced up. And he really brought out something I never heard, that the bass really is, it's slinky, it's sexy, it's, it's, it's R&B, it's it just kind of, it's, it's very slow. Um, and here he is, Infusion 26, I want to give him a shout out. So that was really the main change I made to the song, plus I think I've got to give a shout out to the guys at The Monkey Files, the cover band. They covered Oh My My, and they did some interesting things on that little uh, bridge, that little uh, electric guitar bridge. So I lengthened the bridge, and I come back with some of their stuff kind of jammed in there and kind of melded. That bass continues. I added some tambourine. I added some of my own percussion. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. But it's a really great rocking song, and that I almost said that could have been a single. That was a single, but unfortunately it, it did 98, not. but at that point the monkeys were done. Yes, Put a fork in it where... Yeah. Done. Um, Stick the fork in it, we're done. Right. I'm Don Kushner. I told them they could have been the biggest thing if they had stuck with me. They well, could they have been doing Jeff, sugar, sugar. Jeff Berry, couldn't make, Jeff Berry couldn't make macaroni and cheese out of manure. That's, right. These were... For the, I mean, what is it? Davey said, tell me, he's talking about Bobby Sherman outtakes for the, for the Bell stuff. This right. was all Andy Kim rejects. Andy Kim, right. outside of Rock Me Gently, couldn't buy a hit. Right. So, okay. But again, there's, so there's still some good stuff. And, and I like Oh My My. Um, I first heard it at age 11 with my much-valued two-record Lori House special projects, special products, RCA two-record set, mm-hmm. where basically when I look back, all they did was put all the, both sides of each single yeah. on those things. Had no idea where it belonged. It wasn't on the TV show. I had no like, idea where it came from. No, yeah, but I'm right. like, I'm glad to have it. And it's like, man, this rocks. So here it is. It's longer. It's got more percussion. It's got a few more effects. It's got some uh, some little sound effects. But boy, I want you to listen to that bass because that's some cool bass. You know I'm all about that bass. About that bass. No treble. I just did Megan Train. Oh, Lord. Alan? Alan? The colors, the colors, man. Alan, all, come back. This, all these Captain America, the red, white, and blue, they're Alan. all getting to me, man. Come back. Alan, come back. Alan. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm back. Okay, where was I? Alan? What'd I do?
96K HJ, there it was, the Boss Sound of the Boss remix of the Boss Al Bigley of Boss Oh My My. Could have been a hit, should have been a hit, wasn't. Too bad Al Bigley wasn't around to add that extra bass in 1970. 96K HJ, you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. Hey, that, that could make a good song. Hmm, let me write that down. Song cue, song cue. You're welcome. So now we're not going to talk about the amazing Butch Patrick. That's for episode eight. Although people have seen it teased on our webpage, and if you haven't, go there and see not just not just photos, the, not just photos, but the Texas Chicken Prairie Home Companion promo. <laughs> what you heard at the beginning of this episode, you can see. That's right, Eddie Munster himself is a fan of the show, also known as Melvin yeah, Vandersnoot. Melvin Vandersnoot from the Monkeys Christmas episode. But now we're not going to go there. We're going to go there next time. So. <laughs> All right. Coming down from that. Now. Monkey's high. Moving on. The colors man. The colors man. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> this time, it, it's time for us to wrap up our interview with Coco Dolans. I got to tell you, I have interviewed people before, and you I, have? yes, I have. Believe it or not. Oh, you interviewed me that one time when we That's had true. dinner at McDonald's, yes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you're all about, the, all about those chicken nuggets? I don't know about you. Uh, we have to talk about that. But. Yeah, you make a good podcasting right. guy. You know how that's to sit right. up and speak into a microphone. That's right. So we wrap it up. Uh, Coco talks about being on the road for the 50th anniversary tour. A lot of great stuff left, and we thank you for sticking with us and getting into this point. She is, if you have the chance to meet her, please do, because she is a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal singer. Um, if you hear her do some uh, somebody to love, 
in one of these solo shows. She, I mean, she makes Grace Slick look as good as Grace Slick is. She she blows Grace Slick out of the water. She makes Slick look sick. Thank you very much. <laughs> Any time now. It's a balmy 72 degrees, and we're going to have the big tack hammer of every... Okay. But 96 gauge, Jay, real Don Steele, the real Al Bigley, the boss sounds, the boss list, the boss jock, the my boss taught me to play. Hey, that was a laughing ref. Very good. Also, um, you know, we referenced, or she referenced in the last part of the interview, the 51 Below show. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 54 Below. 54 Below. Well, some of us are shortchanged. <laughs> I am standing up. Of course, that has happened, and she did well, Mickey did well. An amazing show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if you do get the chance to see Mickey live, Coco will perform with him, and it is not to be missed. So, without further ado, or without further ado, our final segment of the interview with the amazing Coco Dolans. Did you like Justice as an album? Yes. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yes. What I remember of it, I haven't heard it for a long time. Didn't I sing on that one? Yes. Or was it? Pool it that I sang on. I don't remember. No, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, I, I think it was just because of the fact that Pool it oh. was one of. The, I, I there, there are a lot of there are good I songs on Pool it. There are not good songs on Pool it, but yeah, I. I don't fully really remember what year was Pool it done. Mm, okay. Eighty-seven. Pool yeah, eighty-seven. I think that's the one that I did some songs on because I was down there recording my second album. Mm-hmm. And they call me in to do some vocals with Mickey, and I'm pretty sure it was '87 because it was the year after my son was born. Ah, okay. So, and I don't remember what song it was. People ask me what songs I sang on the original album. I don't know because I I just don't know because I was down there and and um I remember us singing you know just in the green room or hanging around mm-hmm. singing all these songs and quite honestly I. I just don't know. I don't I'm sure remember. Andrew. Andrew will. We'll we'll go back and check Andrew's book. I'm sure it's there Andrew somewhere. <laughs> Him sure or he, either he or Gary Strubble would probably know. There's a picture floating around of Mickey and I in the studio. We're facing each other, and I have white shoes on and a cigarette in my hand. It's the only thing I remember. And I think Andrew said that that was probably um, 19. I can't even remember what he said now, but I, I vaguely remember it. You know. Mm-hmm. Andrew's Weird. probably working on a book right now of just your recording history. But I don't, I don't think I sang on Justice. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, Al and I have differing opinions about Rhino. We feel that they haven't, they for all the good they've done, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was the guy's decision or a corporate decision, but there should have been some singles off of Justice. That, But mm. regional girl. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Beyond my pay scope, darling. I Absolutely. No it, but Absolutely. I do know that Rhino, as of late, has been, oh, my God. Absolutely. So I don't know who was in charge then, but now we love him. And, oh, yeah. I went looking I went looking for uh, 50 today because I really want the CD. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it eventually. I just got to yeah. find it. Hmm. Don't know what to say. That's all right. I'm, 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 I hunt. I hunt. I will find. I will find this. So. <laughs> Looking um, for 50. What, uh, what's your favorite song off of Good Times? <gasps> wow. My favorite song off of Good Times. Mm. 
God, again, it's like what level? You know, Magdalena is fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. Accidental Hipster is fabulous. I also like one that is not that. I don't even know if it was on the actual um, CD. Um, what's it called? Oh. Uh. Terrifying? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Is it one of the bonus ones? Was it one of the compilations? Because I know that they they put it out as a CD, but then they had all these other like like um, compilations of it or something, right? The extras. The extras, right? Yes. But terrifying, I really liked. But I also like accidental hips. That's really fun. We're going to be doing that in Mickey's solo show. That and mm-hmm. Magdalena, of course. Well, it's actually it. funny. Um, I forget, Al. I forget which one's yours. My favorite? Uh, yeah. Probably me and Magdalena, which has just made yet another top list. I just saw this online. Yeah. Uh, Paul Simon, The Monkees, and David Bowie among big yeah. ultimate and classic. What did you just right. What did, you, uh, what did you just call the name? Hold on. I'll tell you. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. What's it they, called? It's the Big Ultimate Classic Rock Awards. Mm-hmm. So fans vote on it, but once again, me and Magdalena comes in at the top. Good Times is in at the top. And we're talking about... You're from the East Coast, right? I think. And we're talking about going up against artists like Paul Simon, Axl Rose. Isn't that amazing? Rush. Uh, It's just just amazing. But I like that. I like Birth of an Accidental Hipster. Okay, but you're uh, from the East Coast, right? Well... uh, Are you guys from the East Coast? Yeah, both of us, yeah. Let 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 me just... Just say something. On the West Coast, since we're from the West Coast, it's Magdalena. It's yes, not Magdalena. Magdalena, not Magdalena. It's Magdalena. It's Magdalena there. Don't tell we me how to pronounce it correctly. It's Magdalena. Well, I... Just saying. It's easy to hear how much Mickey loves good times because I know he and Harry were so close. Oh, my God. They were, yeah, they were great. But if I'm truthful, my favorite oh. song is I Know What I Know. Oh, nice. And yeah. I'll tell you why. Um, a long time, I am of the fan, the, uh, Nez's original version of the song that ended up being called Carlisle Wheeling's Effervescent Popsicle. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, Nez, Nez, Nez and them putting songs in the you know, name of the songs in the song, you know. But. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's the original version where there's banjo where there's uh you know there's it was on one of the missing the it was on missing links one or two. Mm. When you listen to the lyrics, mm. that is one of the greatest love songs I've ever heard, and I've been a fan fan of pop music since '64 when I was four. Mm. Until <laughs> I heard "I Know What I Know." Yeah, I mean you've yeah, got. That uh, conver- it ended up being called conversations, uh, and when they redid yeah. it, but that's a great end you know, when you when you've been married for a long time. But when mm. you listen to "I Know What I Know" and to hear Nez sing it, it reminded me a lot of Johnny Cash when he did mm. "Hurt." Mm. That yeah. vocal, so absolutely no. I like you said, you know, asking me what's my favorite. It depends on what level, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but no, that was that certainly is is unique. Mm-hmm. Mike's stuff is always unique like that. But I love it absolutely. Well, 
as I wrap this up, and we okay. have been talking with the incredible Coco Dolans, who has given us, what, three and a half days worth of time now? <laughs> um, I have to shave again. I have to uh-huh. shave again. Yeah, that's well, right. Hey, good, 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 good. Can you hold on Wait. just a second? Sure, sure. Hi, can I call you back? Thanks. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I, hang on a second. I'm getting my, my fingertips uh, safe cracking ready. That's how long. <laughs> we both got five o'clock shadow already, but... Um, I know that Mickey, uh, Mickey has some solo dates and we know he's going to be doing the flower power, uh, cruise again. Are you right. going on that? And what's oh, ahead for 2017 for you? 2017, I'm doing, um, well, all of Mickey's solo shows. I always do his solo shows. That was just him calling by the way. And I told ah. him I'm going back. Um, we're doing a week in, um, Bush Gardens, mm-hmm. uh, end of February. Then we go on to the Flower Power Cruise, which Peter Ash is going to be there and all kinds of people. It's going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, in March, we're doing um, 54 Below mm-hmm. in, in New York City. Um, Mickey is doing the March 24th, 25th, and 29th. Mm-hmm. I will be doing those shows with him. Uh, doing some duets as well as a, my own uh, a song. And then on the 25th, um, that's a Saturday at 54 Below, I will be doing my own show at 930, uh, which I am very thrilled to do. And they offered it to me and said, hey, think she'd like to do her own show? And he went, well, probably so. So <laughs> I'll be doing that. And um, then we've got solo shows throughout the year. And, uh, yeah, we're just moving forward. Fantastic. Well, Coco. And I talked to Ethan. We'll probably be doing some more stuff with Denny Lane and maybe even Peter Asher. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Good. Cool. Is there anything you'd like to plug beyond that? Not that I know of. Uh, just, um, oh, I am going to be putting the yellow shoes on auction. I don't know if you're aware of those, but the yellow Connies have been with me uh, throughout the tour. Oh. They, the Adventures of the Yellow Connies. I have some yellow Converse tennis shoes that have been signed by all the original guys and all the band and all the crew. And they have traveled with me throughout the 50s tour. And have I've got pictures of them trying to play drums with Rich <laughs> and oh. taking naps in Australia and whatever. And I'm going to be auctioning them off pretty soon. And I'm going to have a picture book that goes along with them. And it's basically adventures of the traveling yellow Converse tennis shoes. <laughs> and um, just look for that to be happening because the, the um, um, proceeds will be going to a, a um, organization called Music and Memory, which puts music in the hands of people that are um, in uh, homes that are suffering from Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. And we find that when they listen to music, they come alive. And that's the, that's the um, idea. Very good. We'll certainly promote that and hype that. Yeah. In fact, I was on your Facebook page today and I saw the shoes. You really jogged ah. my memory there. And that's a place people can keep up with that kind of thing. But we will certainly hype Right. The and, and, and actually, the guy from Rhino, John from Rhino, has said, uh, go ahead and put them up on eBay, and he's going to go ahead and put them a link with the monkey's link, or I don't know how all that works. Yeah. But he'll be letting everybody know, and uh, it's very exciting. I've been schlepping those darn things along with me for, like, you know, since May. 
and they've been everywhere and I have pictures of them. I told Mike we were in uh, where were we Santa Barbara or, or somewhere in there wherever Mike played with us I said here hold these and he held them and so Mike's hold held them and and uh, they've just been everywhere with me and and I want to just auction them off and and somebody will have them and they're just you know it's just kind of fun but it's a great way to raise money for that group I think that's kind of like Alan's hat. He's had it on forever. He never takes it off. And it's been about three years now, and I'm telling him it's, it's time to wash it, I think. But, Uh-oh. Hey, 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 he hasn't washed it. Oh, no. Talking about painting the bald spot in the 80s, I can get away with wearing my hat, heading my hiding my receding hairline. Thank you very much. <laughs> Boy. Would you like – do you have a website you want to mention? Do I have a website? I have cocodolins.com. It is not totally up to date because I haven't – been here to do it i'm i'm still kind of i realized today that at, you know we've been on tour since may and um i realized that i'm tired <laughs> I'm, i don't blame I'm you just, i'm just kind of hunkering down and feeding my cat and cleaning out drawers and cupboards and kind of hanging out and i haven't paid much attention to all the you know social media stuff and everything else and i'm getting back into it but um, mostly I've just been kind of, you know, hanging out and watching really cool movies and uh, um, just relaxing. And, and I realize that it's okay to just realize that it's been quite a year and I can just kind of take it easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you've earned it. I mean, you guys have, you guys are, con- Mickey, you, you guys are always constantly on the on the road and it's, sharing the 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 great music and everything and from the bottom of our hearts we want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and 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 being our first guest um hopefully we can get you again get you and mickey closer to north carolina and then maybe we can hang out and uh, i'll bring you i'll bring the ishka bibble sign for sure next time so (laughs) there you go and it's funny because my etsy site that i have it's called Dolan's Delights, I think. Mm-hmm. I um, after that whole thing of watching over and over and over and over on the um, uh, video that uh, um, Andrew had done, the whole shtick between Mickey and uh, Mike about the Texas Prairie Chicken and mm-hmm. what does your button say? Love is the ultimate trip. What does your button say? And they just crack up and it was just yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Y'all can uh, y'all be cool, be it cool. Otherwise, so I'll never get funny. through this. And he didn't. I know, I know. And so I finally, um, I don't know if you've seen my Etsy site, but I create these boxes and put cool little sayings in them and stuff. So I created one that says, love is the ultimate trip. And it's got a little heart on it and stuff. And I got more people like ordering this silly little box, which is just so much fun. And it's in the colors of good times. And uh, it's called love is the ultimate trip. So anyway, so I actually have one that I have to get out the door. So I have to go and it <laughs> fantastic like well listen and, so. i i would love to be able to do this again and hopefully we'll we will get a chance Absolutely. to talk down the road before the uh before the end of the year but Absolutely. we've been talking to the incredible and the amazing and the beautiful and the extremely talented coco dolans coco oh thank you for hanging out with the texas prairie chicken home companion <laughs> monkeys podcast oh you're so welcome it's been delightful you guys you take care I had so much fun doing that, even though I sound like I'm on. I, I sound like I'm on a one-second delay because it's, it's just the way it was. But and I don't sound anything. I'm like, can you hear me, Coco? Hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Now, 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 No, this was not Verizon we were using. Ground control to, to Major, Major Tom. Tom. That's, That's right, Major John. What, what? 
the colors, man. But she was a thrill to interview. She, we made her laugh. She liked the questions, and, and those, the, the questions that you've heard on this interview are the kind of questions that we will ask because of the fact that we are monkey fans. We have, we know what the hell we're talking about. You should see some of the questions that I have listed for uh, the guys, and uh, it's. I showed them to Al. I've got like what fifty questions apiece. <laughs> word, even. Uh, I think there's one set of questions you had uh, written down for um, Irving Fartno. Yeah, who, no, uh, it was for Mr. Schneider. Actually, he's the guy that uh, would sweep the uh, the sound soundstage when they were done each episode. But yeah, but we, what was your motivation? Irving? Yeah, that's right. What was your motivation for wanting to sweep up? What's your favorite? Well, because. Well, what it boiled down to was I got all this monkey's hair. When I, I swept it in, uh, in, in the makeup room when they would trim the hair. I would sweep it up, and I would separate them, and I would be able to sell them for $5 a pop. But I now live in uh, uh, by myself. I'm a multimillionaire. I live in uh, St. Thomas, and I've got a yacht and everything because, boy, that hair it became very valuable. Mickey alone is buying it back in great quantity. Okay, I'm not going to go that's a low blow. No, there's there's not enough hair out there. There's a low to, blow. Yeah, I'm not going As somebody weed. currently follically challenged myself, I'm not going to go there. Oh, dude, I'm more follically challenged than you, and you know it. But shout out, Mickey. Shout out to you. That's right. We she loved it, and the cool thing did I I think I'm trying to remember did I mention is in the in the when we did the first part of it, she actually blew Mickey off. He was calling her <laughs> while we were on the while we were on Skype with her, and that I thought that was pretty cool. I don't want to brag or anything. Yeah, that's right. We don't. We, we don't. We can't brag. We're not that good. All right. I need to confess. It wasn't Mickey Dolan's. It was Mickey Feinberg, the guy that was bringing her lunch from the deli. But hey, it was a Mickey. No, I'm kidding. She told us it was him. All right. So, I, yeah, yes, right, it so. was that Mickey. It was that Mickey. The MD himself. MD. Well, I don't like it. Paint it red. That's right. Somebody write the uh, the, the first ten days of Pompeii. You've seen the movie. Now read the book. But there's no book. There's no book. Coming soon, the book, The First Ten Days of Pompeii. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. See, Mickey predicted how, like, the tail now wags the dog. That's like, right. You know, stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you announce a movie, then you make books and coloring books and Happy right. Meal toys. And now you... Well, pal of mine, that wraps up another fun-filled episode, episode 7A. What number is this? Man? 7A. The obligatory Davy Short joke. You know we had to do it. That's Why right. should we be any less Why pandering? Why pandering? That's right. <laughs> You got to do it too. But, you know, where else can you get a little Van Halen hot for teacher? Hey, we heard you missed us. We're back. Is that what that was? That's what that was, Van Halen hot for teacher. And as always, it is time for the thank you portion of our show. We want to thank, of course, Ken Mills. We want to thank all the fans that have been patient with us and have supported us. We want to thank everybody associated with the Zilch Podcast. We want to thank everybody associated with every Monkey's podcast that's out there, every Monkey's page, every Monkey's group that we forwarded the podcast to. The love that you guys have shown us is amazing, and that's one of the reasons why we keep doing it, and it's not just to give me a forum to act like a complete jackass. <laughs> to quote the Podfather himself, quote, we're either in this together or we're not in it at all, unquote. I think, it, I think that's what he said. <laughs> Looks pretty close. Yes. I mean, I... You know, you're, you talk to him more than I do, so it's like, but we want to thank all the fans out there that have listened to us. I mean, you guys, our, last time I checked, our podcasts have totaled over probably 2,500 listens on, on SoundCloud alone. Alan, uh, uh, Alan, I have a confession to make. I, I, that was all me. I listened to each one like 10 times a day, sometimes 15 or 16 times a day. What? <laughs> Al? 
What are you saying? Are you saying that nobody's listening to us at all? I'm, I'm not. I, I'm listening. I, I, you're my partner. You're supposed to listen. You mean to tell me we've done all this work and nobody's listening to us? Uh, you promised me you wouldn't do that. I think there's one guy in, in Des Moines who said he listened. Remember we got that one feedback? That lonely guy in his mom's basement, he said that he'd like Give it up. Shirt. He said, give it up. Go back to your day job. Al, you're ruining everything for me. Why are you doing this? I, oh, I'm just kidding. I had to tell you. And so am I. I. We love the feedback. We love the attention. Also, we mentioned these other podcasting greats like Ken Mills. Please listen not just to his shows. He's got a great Kiss podcast. He has a pop culture podcast. Melanie Mitchell. All these people have wonderful Sarah Clark we want the monkeys, all great podcasts. Please, if you have time after listening to us babble for endless hours, listen to them too. And now for some, and then for something completely different, try another podcast. Uh, so, yeah. Cleanse the palate. Although I would say, hey, Ken, if you're listening out there, will you do me a favor? Will you play the funny commercial that we sent you? Not just the standard one, because that was one of my personal favorites that I wrote. Just, just kidding. Ken's not saying you sent a funny commercial? Are these supposed to be funny? <laughs> All right, fine. Now, on to the most now now to the uh, now to the legal stuff. We are not affiliated with anybody. <laughs> the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast is a podcast for monkeys fans by monkeys fans. Neither Al Bigley nor myself are associated with Mickey Dolan's, Peter Tork, the late David Jones estate, Michael Nesmith, anything to do with Rhino Records, any publishing companies. We do not have anything to do, affiliated with the monkeys in any way, shape, or form. All rights, all uh, songs that are performed on here are the rights reserved return to their original owner. We just do this because we love it. We're not trying to step on anybody's toes. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. It's all for entertainment purposes only. Dollar ninety nine a minute for entertainment purposes only. Wait a minute. No, that's Miss Cleo, man. I'm sorry, I forgot about that, man. I forgot that Miss Cleo. I tell you your fortune, man. If you have such a damn fortune teller, man, why don't you know the damn lottery numbers? So once again, we want to say goodbye and thank you, and we'll see you in episode eight very soon, hopefully. So once again, this is Al Bigley. And I'm Alan Williams reminding you to save save the the Texas Texas Prairie Prairie Chicken. Chicken. That's a groovy button.